Matthew chapter 15, and we will commence our reading at verse 21. And this is the faith of a Canaanite woman. As we know, there are two accounts of this in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30, and Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And if you can please turn to Mark chapter 7. You put a marker there, we will be going back and forth this morning. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. May the Lord add his blessing to his inspired, infallible, and inherent word. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our eternal Heavenly Father, we ask of thee once again that thou would Give help in the preaching of thy word, Lord. We ask thee once again to go before us. Lord, we remember that great verse where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Lord, we have thy presence this morning. Then, Lord, we know we have the victory. Save us from pride. Save us from preaching another word. And, Lord, we ask of thee once again that thou would come down in a mighty way. We think of that verse in Acts where it says, The place was shaken. Shake us this morning, we ask. Go before us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In this portion of reading, it's a well-known portion of Scripture of the faith of a Canaanite woman. 
As we get into this, there's many things here we must not read over, many little verses that could be skipped over. In our Christian walk, our faith is without a a trying faith. And sometimes we feel, well, the Lord has simply hid himself from us. As many prophets have prayed that they have felt that the heavens were shut up and they could not get through uh, to God. Friend, have you ever poured your your heart out to God and feel that the Lord is not listening? Have you ever felt that, oh well, I'm living a a holy life, a sanctified life, I go to church, I pray to God, but when I pray, I do not feel that He's listening to me. Have you been praying the same prayer for years, yet you haven't had an answer? In our context this morning, we enter upon a beautiful account of this woman of Canaan, a Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, whose faith is so highly regarded by Christ, every detail in this passage is significant. It's not for us to skip over anything. The evangelist says that she was a woman of Canaan, consequently a Gentile, in a time where predominantly the ministry was to the Jews. But yet here is a woman seeking after Christ. Every detail in this passage, uh, we must know that she was a woman of Canaan, a Gentile. And Mark adds in his account in Mark chapter 7, as we, as we read, that she was a Syrophoenician, that she belonged to this part of Phoenicia uh, that's bordered on Syria, a place of multiculturalism, you can say, in our time. She came from those coasts all the way from where she was to seek Christ. This was a journey. This was a journey, but this woman, I tell you, she had a burden upon her heart. And friend, very simply, whatever burden that you have on your heart, where did she go? She didn't go to the rulers of her land. She didn't go to the philosophers, but she went to Christ. A very simple thing, a burden for her daughter to be healed, and she sought after the Savior. But who taught her of Jesus, and how come she is to know that Christ was the son of David, which this was a word for the Jews. This wasn't a word as we read for those dogs, as the Jews would call these Gentile people. You don't have the birthright to go to Christ. Well, let's take a look at the account and see how the Lord responds to this Gentile Surely none but God Himself could be her teacher and gave her such a faith to follow Christ. If we meet in this place without faith in Christ, then it's a main feeding. It's vain. If we come by any other means except through Christ Jesus our Savior, then friend, I tell you, we might as well go home. But what was it really that gave this uh, willingness for this poor woman to come and seek after Christ? Her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil, and who else but Christ could help her? This woman was a very bold woman. Because she knew that if I travel all these miles, oh, I know the Lord's going to do something. There was something in her that knowing that if I come to the Savior, I will not let him go. He's got to do something. For my daughter is my daughter and I love her. Oh friend, we talk about a mother's love for a child. 
Is not that a great love? Perhaps one of the greatest loves, I, I, I have a, a one-year-old son, and, and you don't know until you, until you have a child how much you love that child. So I can relate. I can see, well, this, this woman here, she's burdened for her child. She's going to crisis. No, no, you don't understand. As, as we read here, Lord, you have to help me. But friend, isn't that a cry of every saint of God? Lord, help me. Because we all need help. Friend, it would be a lie this morning to say that we haven't made. It would be a lie this morning to say, oh, the church is at the pinnacle. We have the staff. We have the resources. We have everything around us. It would be a vain thing to say we don't need the help of the Lord. Who was it as the psalmist said, O Lord, now is the time to work. It was the same thing in this lady's heart that she was truly saying, now, O God, you have to work. For my daughter is in need. As that mother and father, as a praying for a wayward child, year after year, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that the grace of God would be poured out upon their life. But yet they feel they can't get through. But I tell you, friend, and who else but Christ could help her? Isn't that the reality? Where else could she possibly go? Where else can this burden could possibly be unloaded year after year? But it's truly Christ. It can only be Christ. The Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. And if every believing mother and every believing father whose children are under the bondage of the devil had the same great faith as this woman, my, what advancement we would see. You say, preacher, you're off your rocker. It's not how I pray. Oh, I tell you, it is. You pray with faith. Many times you go into a place and you see uh, prayers of zealousness but not coming from earnestly from the heart. There's no burden. Oh, this was a real petition here this morning, friend. This was not just some petition to go and saying, you know, maybe I might get help, maybe I won't, maybe it could happen, or maybe it's not going to happen. No, you don't understand. The woman, she's coming here in a persevering faith. Lord, you have to do something. And here the poor woman had to seek after Christ. How delighted would the Lord be to receive such a cry and to give such a reward? As our God is a God that loves to be cried after, isn't He? And what can we know this morning by the teaching of the Holy Ghost of the faith of a Canaanite woman? Firstly then, I want to show you the Canaanite woman's cry. What was this cry all about? Oh, she traveled all these kilometers to go and see Christ, but there must have been a point. She tells Jesus of her burden. She relates her misery. Notice the words in Matthew 15, verse 22, as we make progress here this morning. My daughter, she's grievously vexed with a devil. That's the petition. That's the burden. That's why we're here. We see the mother's love and tender heart for the sick daughter. Her tender heart feels the pain of what her daughter is going through. 
And she shows off as a reflection of what this grievous mother is going through. Well, though vexed with the devil, though tormented by the powers of hell, yet she is my daughter still. She laid hold upon her daughter. Not to just give up. Friend, there's many lost people today. There's many lost people today as, as sadly enough that parents have given up. The parents have threw in the towel and say, oh, there's no hope for so-and-so and there's no hope for my kid here and there's no hope for uh, uh, him. Oh, I tell you there's hope. Not because I'm telling you there's hope, but because Christ Almighty is telling you that through the power of Christ Almighty there is hope. And friend, what a sobering thing it is to see from the darkness into the light. When you see a genuine, disobedient, vile, wicked sinner going against God, going against the things of Christ, and then to be saved, and now into the glory of Almighty Heaven, that's something to see. It's not the work of man. No, friend, this is not the work of man, but this is salvation. As the great Isaiah said, that salvation is not of man, but salvation is of the Lord. It was a cry in the Old Testament. It's a cry to the Gentiles which we are sitting here this morning as the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry is going on. Not because we're of Jewish background, but because we're just like this woman here. We're just like her. We're just like this woman. We're a Gentile. Uh, we're not, uh, we don't have this great birthright. Yes, there was an order of things. The message was first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. There was an order. But it never stopped. And him, the Canaanite woman came to him not for teaching, but she came for healing. She made known her request to God Almighty. She requests for mercy. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. Addressing the Lord as a son of David, and the Lord accepts that title. He accepts the son of David, as we know, as we trace the genealogy of Christ. And we see clearly that this Canaan woman, this Canaanite woman, believes on Christ as the Messiah. Not just there with the crowds. As we read before uh, in the great feeding of the 5,000, crowds upon crowds upon crowds, which actually hindered the Lord's ministry. But just to be fed. Just to be fed with material bread, not going after the spiritual water that they would never thirst again, but just to be filled, just to take the healing of Christ and then go home, just to take a portion of Christ instead of taking Him as Messiah. But here is the woman, she's taking Christ as her Savior, as my personal Savior. As the faith is directed all to Christ. And the Lord knew that. For the Lord sees the heart. Oh, many people call themselves Christians today. But is it faith in Christ? Faith in Christ alone. Here we see here, as the woman, she clearly states that here is she's believing, she's putting her faith in Christ. And, and through this great thing, we see her faith, which is directed to Christ. Must be noted as well that this woman was a Gentile, she owns the promise made to the fathers of the Jews and the honor of the house of David. 
And secondly, very simply, let's look at the persistent faith. The persistent faith of this Canaanite woman when she cried after him in Matthew 15, verse 23. What do we see an answer for Christ? What does he say? It says here, it says he answered her not a word. And that's our Lord. He answered her not a word. Christ, although not giving an immediate answer, heard very well the cry of the woman. It doesn't say he did not hear. It says he didn't answer. I praise God, God hears all the prayers. He hears the cries even here this morning. Although not giving an immediate answer, he hears the cries of the people. He knows the burdens, although not answering right away. But why? Why did God not answer right away? Why did Christ not give her an answer? Well, let's see what the Scripture says. It does not say he did not hear. It is a marvel that the woman did not turn away and to give up and say, why is he so distant to me? And many times in the prayer meetings, you see uh, people come in, oh, after one prayer meeting, the Lord's not hearing my cry. I'm not going back. The Lord has called us always to pray, never to cease. It's an ongoing thing not to give up, not to throw in the towel when, as it said, much as it said too in our world that as the, the tough get going, the going gets tough, the tough get going. You often don't know how tough you are until the going gets tough. Until things begin to close in around you, until circumstances begin to change, then you truly see a man or a woman's character. But Christ knew exactly what he did. And therefore he did not answer. For he was teaching her something. But Christ knew exactly what he did and therefore did not answer. That she might be the more earnest in her cry. That this thing very drew her even closer to Christ. This was purposely done so that she would cry the more earnestly. Who was it that went to the Garden of Gethsemane, as the Scriptures say, that he went there and he prayed the more earnestly? That was Christ. Earnest prayer. He did, and therefore, he did not answer that she might be the more earnest in prayer. He heard her request very clear and was pleased with her and strengthened her with the strength in her soul to go on with God. This is not human strength. This is not strength she just worked up in her heart that she motivated herself to just go and seek after God. The Lord gave her the strength. The Lord gave her the strength to go on with the Savior. Notice the words in Psalm 138 verse 3 when the psalmist cried out, In the day when I cried and thou answerest me and strengthenest me with the strength in my soul. The psalmist knew what it was to get strength from above. And again, we see in Job 23, verse 6, we, uh, Job chapter 23, verse 6, that we all know uh, the circumstances that Job had. The burdens of uh, Job. Sorry, notice what he says here. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me that I may seek after him. The Lord is teaching her by delaying to answer. Although he did not immediately give her an answer she expected by uh, seeming to draw away the desired mercy from her, he drew her even closer to himself. He uh, did it so more earnestly that she could cry even more after the Savior that every accepted prayer is not an immediately an answered prayer. 
does not come right off the bat all the time. And sometimes God seems not to regard his people's prayer. He seems to be a hidden God. Oh, the Lord has shut up the heavens. I just can't get through. As many people cry. Friend, this woman got through. This woman got through, and I tell you, it's not some uh, crazy formula, it's not some uh, crazy uh, theologians writing in the back room, but it came from faith in Jesus Christ. It's a simple thing. It's a thing uh, so simple. And as we uh, read here in Mark, in the second account of we read in Mark, uh, it says here in Mark chapter 7, and from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. In verse 1, chapter 7, verse 24. And would have no man know it. He didn't want to draw the crowd. He didn't want to draw the crowd. He's trying to go there discreetly. He's trying to go there because he knew there would be a woman coming. He knew that this ministry is going to be for her. But notice what it says. But he could not be hid. Isn't that wonderful, friends? It's a Christ that could not be hid. It's a Christ that always has an effect. It's not a Christ that we come into a hidden part or a Christ that cannot be seen. As many times in the Scripture, we see the great contract with the light of the world and the darkness. We see that there's a good versus evil. And we also see a Christ that cannot be hid. Even in a time of darkness. And people gripe about the times and the devil's having a heyday and the church is not doing too good. Friend, I tell you, Christ cannot be hid, even in our time. And Mark 7, verse 25 goes on, that she heard of Him. She heard of Him that faith cometh by hearing the hearing of the Word of the living God. That's something that struck a chord. She heard of Him. The trial of our faith is important because it makes us more dependent upon Christ. That's the teaching of the Holy Spirit here this morning. The trial of our faith is important because it makes us more dependent upon Christ as Christ rejected her that she would come the more earnestly. We think of Job through all his affliction and all his trials and all his tribulations. Yet will I see my Redeemer. It's not a hidden Christ. It's a Christ that is to be found. It's a Christ that is to be found by the lost. My father was a preacher. He was a small pioneering work in Fredericton. But my friend, it was a Christ that could not be hid. We didn't have the crowds. But my friend, we went with faith in Christ and we seen souls added unto the kingdom. And friend, that was more great than having the crowd as we see here that they were a crowd was actually hindering the work of God. 
But he could not be hid. Thank God it is God that reveals Himself to man. That God is not a God that does not reveal Himself. It's not man that discovered God. Man did not go and say, oh, there must be a God. It's God that revealed Himself to man. You think of that first verse in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, it started with God. It didn't start with man. It didn't start with man's upright positions and all that he's puffed up pride with what we see today. It started with God and it was a plan of redemption from the very beginning. It's not a Christ that is to be hid. It's a light that cannot be hid. It can only be uh, uh, sinners can only live under a self-deception for only but a time. The unbeliever can only reject for only but a time. Because we all know that there is day coming that all will bend the knee and confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the light that is to be shown even to the Gentiles. His glory, His grace, His presence cannot be hid. Thank God that it is a Christ that cannot be hid. Thank God that Christ cannot be hid from the Christian. As in Matthew 5, the same gospel writer, as he goes on to read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, when he goes to the saints of God, he goes that you're the light. He goes that ye are the light of the world, a city that is set upon a hill. It cannot be hid. It can't be done. You won't see darkness. Only the light. And in Christ in you, then Christ cannot be hid. Why can't Christ be hid? Why can't Christ be hid? Because Christ has an effect. Because Christ has an effect upon the heart of a guilty and vile sinner. He's able to change him from the bondage of darkness into a robe with white on the way to heaven. The work of grace upon the soul. It's not to be ignored. Christ has an effect. His power, He will bring salvation to the lost. So He brings to those who are weak. So therefore, His demonstration, His power, it cannot be hid. It cannot be something where you can just throw underneath the carpet away with the idea that man has the answer for the world's problems. Away with the notion that man has some volume written to overpower Christ and His church. Forget about it. Because Christ will have His way. As it says that in that time, it says that in that time, for some it's a twofold application. To some it's going to be a great blessing. To some it's going to be a great blessing to see the Savior. But for some it's going to be to the rocks fall on us. It's a twofold. And friend, that day will be a day where truly the light will not be hid. As this faith of a Canaanite woman, she seen the light. Here as we know that she was given strength to go forward. As Psalm 44 verse 23, it says here, Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise and cast us not off forever. He's not a God that is sleeping. He's a God that's awake. 
O Lord, arise, cast us not out forever. Matthew Henry, I believe he puts it very well when he says that it is to prove and so to improve the faith and to make his appearances for them all the more glorious. As you would think if we would get everything we want on the first prayer, would we be as faithful? When the disciples spake a good word for her, Christ gave a reason why he refused her, which was yet the more discouraging. Here we see in Matthew 15, verse 23, it says here, Send her away, for she crieth after us, as even the disciples. The disciples didn't want this uh, high-maintenance woman here uh, to do. Lord, heal her quickly, uh, that we would not hear her cry anymore. And the disciples, although wanting good on her behalf, that she might receive what she came for, They sought after the easement of themselves rather than taking the time and effort with the woman's needs. Here is Christ taking the time. Here is Christ taking the time for this woman's cry uh, that surely uh, he would not bid her away uh, like you see these men here. Heal her quickly, send her away. For she crieth after us. It's troublesome to us and a shame to us sometimes as we throw in the towel, but not Christ, you see. He loves to be cried after. Notice after her petition, after the Lord's response to the disciples as stated in Matthew 15, verse 24, silence the very disciples, but not the woman. The woman was not silenced. Notice as the Canaanite woman, she shows a great desire for an answer. She worships the Lord. Notice the words in Matthew 15, verse 25. Then came she and worshipped Him, saying, Lord, help me. She continued and persevered after the Lord, even after discouragement. No, she did not blame Christ as many people do when things don't go well. But instead, she laid hold more upon the Master. After her initial cry, she continued in prayer and prayed the more earnestly, Lord, help me. That was the cry. That was the cry to the Savior, Lord, help me. I want to bring to your attention when the answer to our prayers are not answered right away, we see very clearly in this passage that God is teaching the woman to pray the more earnestly. We often think of a newborn. If a mother doesn't attend to the newborn, well, what happens is the baby cries louder. The baby begins to cry louder. Remember, even when Christ, in his agony, prayed the more earnestly. And finally, friends, we come to the humility of the Canaanite woman, the humble heart as which she approached the throne of grace. Her humble reception of God's word in Matthew 15, verse 26, it says, But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Christ using a Jewish expression that the Gentiles were mere dogs because they were unlearned. They didn't have the birthright. He used this language on purpose in order to fully bring out the great faithfulness of the woman. The gospel was offered first to the Jew and then to all. Notice her response in Matthew 15, verse 27. And she said, Truth, Lord. Lord, I believe what you're saying. I know what you're saying is true. But even just a crumb, even just some remnants of thy word, I'll be all right with it. Oh, friend, even a crumb from the master's table. 
What a cry this woman had. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Her words showed very clearly that she was a justified believer. By those fewer she proved her great faith in the Lord's power and goodness. She is proclaiming her place in the spiritual church of Israel. I have a place in heaven. Notice finally, friend, as the Lord answers her finally, after all this the woman is going through now, finally the Lord answers her in granting her request. Because he had to. The Lord had to do it. He had to give her the request because in Matthew 15, 28, then Jesus answered and said unto her, what a great thing it is when you get an answer from God. What a great thing it is when you see God come down in the midst. Then Jesus answered her and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Great is thy faith. An application to everyone sitting here this morning. Great is thy faith. Because isn't that all that matters? Friend, we are living in a time of entertainment centers. We're living in a time of great apostasy. I can keep you here all morning and I can tell you all the errors in the church and I can keep you here and show you all the false teachers, what's going on. Be it known, great is thy faith. Here, and so the Lord who loves to be sought after gave her the very reward was her own desire to see her daughter healed. This was my burden. This was my plea. Lord, help me. Whatever cry be this morning, friend, then I bid you and I point to Christ. You take it to the Lord in prayer. The Lord knows your burden. He knows your cries. He knows what you're going through. And as we come to conclusion, as we see in this narrative, Christ as He came into Tyre and Sidon, how clear it is that Jesus has His church gathered from all the nations. Whether you speak a different language, whether you're black, blue, purple, or orange, It's the same gospel message. It's the same Christ as Savior. It's the same atoning blood. We can say the same words as that woman said, Have mercy, O thou son of David. And here, friend, they came from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Our Lord's dealing with this woman, taught this poor Gentile to come to Christ. That's the irresistible call of grace to come and to follow me. Why? Because she heard. She heard the word of the Lord. By making it hard for her to seek Him, it was designed to improve her faith. Her plea was only suspended for a time. God gives a message for His people to hear. And friend, may the Lord grant you the the petitions of your heart and may you leave with the blessing of God. O woman, great is thy faith, and give you the desire of your heart. Do not give up this morning in seeking Christ. Do not throw in the towel. Remember the words of the Christian poet William William Cowper. When we don't pray, we quit the fight. Prayer creeps the Christian's armor bright, and Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. She was not a weak saint, friend. This was a very powerful woman. 
As many looked at her as the disciples said, cast her away. She's just a poor, helpless woman. Lord, hear her, heal her, and away with it. No friend, great is thy faith. As the words of our Savior, no, Christ cannot be hid, for he is the light and ever-flowing streams. He is the light and God divine, the light, the power, the Son of God. Thank God, friends, this morning the light is mine. And may the Lord add his blessing to his inspired, infallible, and inherent word. And we will end with the hymn at this time. Please turn to hymn number 438 as we make a close.